It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is July 17th, 2020. My name is Phil Prostenreich. I'm the expert insight editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. That is if Twitter still works for you. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, it's a all-hands-on-deck episode. We'll talk a little bit about why depth is going to be very important for the Magic, why Wessel Wundu figures to be a key player, and check in on the two-way guys as they try to make their mark in the league. We'll talk about all that coming up in just a moment. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching Gravity Download Podcasts for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want to get started on prep for the LA Clippers or Los Angeles Lakers before next week's scrimmage? Check out Locked On Clippers or Locked On Lakers. There's a Locked On podcast for every single team in the NBA, plus NFL, MLB, NHL, and college too. It's going to be a very busy time for sports coming up here in the next few weeks as the non-summer leagues try to get themselves finished after being stopped in the spring, and baseball starts as well. So lots going on throughout the sports world. Stay up to date on the Locked On Podcast Network. Remember, download them wherever you download podcasts or search for Locked On in the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. The Orlando Magic continued practice uh, at Disney on on Thursday, uh, and, you know, it was another, you know, just kind of getting themselves back into the rhythm of things. You know, I, 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 I hope things aren't feeling too repetitive in these kind of practice recaps and, and what's going on type deals. Um, but unfortunately, you know, A, we don't have a lot of information. I mean, all we have is the players coming before us and, you know, the, maybe the minute of practice video that the Magic send, which tends to have a lot of Ken Birch and Michael Carter-Williams. We don't have a lot of information to go on. So, you know, I, I think it's tough to try and find a frame of reference for things. And and Steve Clifford has been, you know, at least a little bit disciplined in, in his messaging on what to expect and kind of managing expectations for things. The bottom line is this, and this is the way it's been for the last week and a half. The team is still playing some massive catch-up. While we want this to be training camp, and as I said the last episode, you know, I felt like this was the week to make things feel more like training camp, but we want that to be the case. Physically, these players just aren't there. And whether that's you know, Steve Clifford, you know, kind of hedging his bets and managing expectations or something else, it, 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 it's hard to say. Clifford's been both upbeat about practices and the way that the guys are playing and the way that the guys are approaching things. 
And also just a bit more realistic, saying, look, these guys haven't played organized basketball in a very, very long time. It's going to take a while to get back there. This is unlike anything we've ever experienced. And so I think he is also preparing us for essentially what is a complete unknown unknown about uh, what we're going to see. I mean, he doesn't know. You know, he said that he talked to other coaches about where they're at and some of the struggles, some of the issues that they've been dealing with. And they seem to be similar issues of, you know, yes, guys are eager to play. They want to play, but the play is ragged or the play just isn't quite up to the standard that the NBA coaches certainly uh, expect. And that's, you know, going to lead into the scrimmage on Wednesday against the Clippers. And it's going to be interesting to say the least to to look at how this team plays and going to be very informative to tell us just where this team is at. But the focus still remains on the team itself, on taking care of your own business and getting yourself as prepared as you can be. And again, that's just a tough thing to assess and evaluate at this point. It's, this is a totally unique experience. You guys are going to see once the game starts. It's going to be hard to get to a good level of play. Uh, this isn't even going to be like early season NBA play. And along that line, because of all the different factors that we're all dealing with, is to me, you have to get up every day, who can do what, and then try to get uh, have productive days with each player and as a group. Uh, and I, that's every team. I mean, I'm talking to a lot of the other coaches, and uh, it's all you can do. So um, it's uh, obviously, uh, you know, you always worry about things, and there's more to worry about now. But you have to be realistic about the type of plan you can have and about how quickly a group's going to be able to move forward. Never for these guys had they gone this long. I would think, I mean, from the time they started playing, gone this long without playing five-on-five, and it's going to take time. Undoubtedly, this is all part of the process, and honestly, something that that we probably don't have a great understanding of because we're not watching practice. We're not seeing kind of the progress. You know, we I think a lot of this and a lot of the analysis that I've done at least, so I'll, I'll admit to this flaw, is kind of guessing where the team should be to, to be at a certain point when the game starts. And certainly next Wednesday when we get our first look at the team in a scrimmage setting, uh, we'll be able to have a better understanding of where this team is at and, and how far they have to go and obviously also compare them to where the Clippers are at uh, and another team to see how far they are along and get a sense of whether that's going to be enough to be competitive and accomplish what the Magic want to accomplish. Um so again, at the moment, everything is focused on themselves. Everything is focused on the magic making the most of what they can be and what they can do, uh, and making and getting you know a step further along on the path each time that they go out on the practice court. That that's really the reality of the situation. And again, I know this is repetitive. Uh, Clifford's been repetitive, so I'm, I'm I'm merely mirroring what he said. The other bit of news that came out of Thursday's practice, however, deserves a little bit more discussion. The Magic continue to do five-on-five work, so they're continuing to play more. Uh, as Clifford would later go on to say, you know, they're, they're not really able to play a whole quarter yet. Um, and for reference, in training camps, they're usually able to play three full quarters, um, you know, just because that's the kind of shape that they're in. If they're, if they're not playing even a full quarter yet, that is certainly a little bit of a concern with a week to go before uh, a scrimmage and before, you know, two weeks before games start, but... They're slowly trying to ramp up and, and, and kind of make sure everyone's healthy because, again, you're playing a lot of games in a short amount of time. 
Um, but one thing that, that Clifford did say was Jonathan Isaac participated in five-on-five five drills. He was limited, so I doubt that he did anything super complex. I doubt that he played any of their live-action quarters, um, but that's just guessing on my part. But it does seem like Jonathan Isaac is progressing to a point where they're testing him out in certain areas and seeing how he feels. Um, certainly, that raises the optimism that he might play when, when games matter. And, and again, it, it'll probably be in a very limited role coming off the bench. Um, but there's certainly it, it certainly does feel like there's that possibility. I would say, on my personal scale of things, when Clifford said that, you know, my ears perked up, everyone's ears perked up. It was certainly a, a the, the big news to come out of today that Isaac was back playing at least some five-on-five five in any limited fashion. Um, I, You know, my gut feeling was that he would not play. That's moved a little bit closer to 50-50, that, that he will play in, in some capacity. So that's good news on the Magic front. But this is all pointing to the fact that it's everybody that's going to have to pull together. Everybody's going to have a role to play everybody's going to have to do their part to get the magic through these seeding games. And that's going to be the big discussion that we're going to have to have here coming up in just a moment. But before we get there, you know, fixing a car, you know, taking care of your vehicle feels like it's a team effort. Um, You know, certainly in like NASCAR and and racing, it's a team effort to, to keep cars maintained and all that jazz. But, you know, especially if you don't know entirely what you're doing, you're relying on so much information and so many things to do it right. And and even then, you don't know if you are getting it all right. You don't know if you are getting the exact part that you need uh, or the advice that you need or the right price even. And that's why rockauto.com is the place to go if you're looking to fix your car, whether it's your daily driver or your classic car. rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast, and being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.
So, the kick I've been on, and one of the points that I, I've tried to really hammer home uh, throughout, you know, ever since the league announced it was coming back and, and, and put the schedule forward and, and, and all that, um, the point that I've really tried to hammer home to everyone is just how important depth is going to be uh, when the season resumes. Uh, this, as much as the NBA wants this to be a continuation of the season, as it was, this is not that. There's no way you can expect any player to play 35 minutes per game effectively, let alone probably 30 minutes per game effectively, considering that everyone has been off for four months without any chance to play any kind of serious basketball, organized or pickup. Um, the reality is these players are, are, are at a point physically that is so unlike anything else. And, and Clifford said it, obviously, in that earlier clip, that this is just uncharted territory for everyone. And so everyone is going to be cautious with their players, obviously. I don't think we're going to see guys playing 35 minutes, 30 minutes. You know, the Magic's top minutes guys were Aaron Gordon and Nikola Vucevic. Uh, they're up around 35 minutes uh, at the point that the season went on on stop. They, you know, they average a little bit more than 30 minutes per game. They're not going to be able to play that. And so by necessity, guys deeper into the bench are going to have to play minutes. They're going to have to step up. And Clifford's going to break his nine-man rotation rule um, which he likes to do to, to keep guys in rhythm and give guys an opportunity to get into a rhythm, he's going to have to break that up just out of necessity to get guys the oppor- to, to just give guys the opportunity to play at their peak and, and again also to avoid injuries, which is a huge concern uh, at this point. And so you know players like Mo Bamba, who you know has notably put on some weight and and is a is a big opportunity for him to. Show out a little bit. Uh, you know, he's going to play a lot more minutes. Everyone who's been clamoring for Obama to get a lot more minutes, he's probably going to get a lot more minutes. It's going to be imperative for someone like Gary Clark to fill in some power forward minutes. If Jonathan Isaac can play, whatever he can give you is going to be vital. But I really think the key for this Magic season, the key for the Magic, is going to be someone that they've turned to all along. Their, their tenth man, if you will. The guy who's always been just outside of the rotation, but the guy who's always stepped up when the Magic need him. And that's Wesawundu. Wesawundu is not a flashy player by any means. He's not someone that you notice a lot, um, to be frank. He's not someone that does a ton of things that make you say, oh, this this is a must-have guy. In fact, Wesawundu's always been the guy that's been squeezed out of the rotation. He is truly the 10th man because whenever someone goes down, whenever there's an injury... What's the one who's the guy that the Magic call upon? And usually they put him into the starting lineup if Evan Fournier has to miss a game or, you know, when initially with Jonathan Isaac missed games, you know, what's the one who was one of the first guys that they called on to play some small forward minutes. This has essentially been Wes Wundu's role. I call him the Magic's utility player. He's someone that Steve Clifford trusts a, lo- a fair amount, actually. Um, he is someone that they know that they can put into the game and he will provide quality minutes and maintain the Magic's rotation structure so Terrence Ross can come off the bench. They know that he is good at what he is good at. He is a solid on-ball defender. He is a great cutter, good finisher at the rim when he's when he's got a head of steam and some space, uh, and, and inconsistent but can hit down an open three. He never plays... He never really plays completely outside of himself. Certainly, there's been some moments where he's had some confidence and you know, maybe he's gone for a steal where he shouldn't have or gotten a little bit out of position going for steals when he shouldn't have. But 
Overall, offensively, he knows what he's good at. And this is, I think, in general. He knows what he's good at and does those things pretty well. Now, it hasn't been enough for him to get in the rotation. The Magic obviously went out and acquired James Ennis for a reason. You know, they they trust Wessawundu, it seems, to a point. But really, any time the Magic have needed Wessawundu to step up, he's largely done it. Look, Wessawundu is not a stats maven by any stretch of the imagination. 5.3 points per game, 45.1% effective field goal percentage. He's played more than 15 minutes in only 32 of the 45 games that he's played this year. His minutes have been sparing. And, you know, Clifford said throughout the year that that a Wundu will get better as he gets into rhythm and gets consistent minutes. And that's proven to be true for the most part. And Wundu was a key part of the Magic's run to the playoffs last year. He stepped into the starting lineup, or stepped in the starting lineup, stepped in the rotation at various points, and made plays. Shot better than 40% from three uh, in those final 31 games of the Magic's playoff run. He was a key part of that playoff run, and he will be a key part of this playoff run too. Because yes, the Magic are going to expand their rotation. And a one-deuce versatility to play both the two and the three will make him valuable and will make him a valuable piece of the Magic's bench attack. He is someone that the Magic trusts. He is someone that Clifford certainly knows what to expect from at all times that he's on the floor. And he's going to play a big role for the Magic once again. Probably bigger than, not bigger, but the Magic probably need him to step up into that role more than any other player on the roster, more than any other player who stands to gain minutes. Sure, Mo Bamba is going to probably get more minutes and, and, and all that, but the Magic kind of have a good feel for what they're going to get from him every night. And sure, you know, the weight gain certainly changes some things. So, you know, I think they expect Bamba to perhaps, you know, maybe not take a leap, but to show signs of a leap that he can take that portends to the future. A one-do situation is very different. A one-do is sort of what he is at this point. And the Magic need him to be the best version of that. They need him to be a quality role player, the utility player that they can count on in any kind of lineup and provide some value. He's done that for the most part in his three years in Orlando, you know, with some ups and downs, of course. And certainly he's a, he's a shooter that defenses ignore. So he's going to have to make people pay for leaving him open. That that was something he struggled to do in the playoffs last year. Uh, you know, as, again, as much as anyone on the team, he really struggled offensively. Iwundu will play a key part of the Magic the rest of this season. And he's someone the Magic are going to count on a whole lot. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. 
Led by JJ and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And everyone is really included in all of this. It isn't just going to Wesson Wundu, the 10th man, or Gary Clark, the backup power forward, or even Ken Birch, the third string center. Everyone is going to have a role to play in getting this team to the finish line and getting this team over the finish line into the playoffs and, and where they ultimately want to be. And that includes the Magic's two-way players in B.J. Johnson and Vic Law. The two have played pretty sparingly. B.J. Johnson's played only 43 minutes with the Magic this season, and most of those and most of those came uh, in the game against the Lakers. Um, nine of his 13 points came in that win over the Lakers. A huge opportunity for the young player. Vic Law has played, I believe, only five total minutes in the NBA. Missed all three of his shots. No points. You know, it's it's been it it has not been easy. There have not been a lot of opportunities for these guys to play. They obviously killed it in Lakeland. Vic Law, the leading scorer, or the, the scored the most points on the team, played a lot more in Lakeland, obviously, than, than others. But B.J. Johnson averaged more than 20 points per game. Vic Law averaged around 18 points per game. Both shot incredibly well from the field, incredibly strong, effective field goal percentages. There's a reason these guys are on the team. They're both very solid offensive players. Um, you know, both good, deep, both decent enough shooters who are still improving. Uh, and guys that can fill a role, or the hope can fill a role. You know, Vic, Vic Law. You know, I've watched him plenty from from my Northwestern days. I think he can be a little bit more of a, a three point shooter, where B.J. Johnson needs the ball a little bit more to to operate and work. But both are more than capable of taking that next step. It's figuring out that next step that's obviously the the most difficult part uh, for for uh, for them as players uh, as as they try to move up from two way player to NBA player, uh, and really all that's going to take to do that is to get the opportunity to do so. The Magic certainly like him enough. They kept them both around. They kept them both on two-way contracts, and they brought them into the Disney campus uh, to finish off the season. Even though neither has played a whole lot, Steve Clifford says he has a lot of trust in them. He under he he feels that they they are able to run their stuff and, and believes that they can do that, but then again, he would say that about, about Emile Jefferson too. Neither, but they couldn't get minutes. And, and that's ultimately what this is about, is, is their development will depend on whether they can get minutes and whether they can get an opportunity in the NBA. As a two-way player, you are always sitting back and waiting for your opportunity. You're always looking for that, maybe not golden ticket, but that chance to show what you can do, that chance to really shine that is so difficult to come by as a two-way player. And both of these players could very well get that opportunity, but the Magic needed to expand rosters and expand rotations and expand their lineups to make sure guys stay fresh and don't succumb to injury. And that's really what they're training to do, is to have that opportunity and take advantage of it when it comes. 
I think that's just how um, I approached the, you know, the season earlier in the year. Um, you know, with the Lakers game, uh, a couple guys went down and I had to step up. So um, just hearing him, you know, think that he's going to expand the roster. I mean, uh, you know, the lineups uh, definitely gives me a confidence boost. I think um, over the years, um, I did a good job of proving myself and uh, earning some trust in, uh, with Cliff. So, um, you know, if the opportunity presents itself, uh, I think I'll be there. That Lakers game back in January is a perfect example of how a player like B.J. Johnson stayed ready and took advantage of his opportunity. Like I said, he scored nine points in that game. It was a critical part of the second quarter run that gave the Magic a sizable lead in that game uh, and and gave the Magic really good minutes. It, it's frankly, you know, it, part of it is just the way this rotation is made up and part of, the, part of it is just the way Clifford runs things. Um, but it's frankly a little frustrating that a player like B.J. Johnson, who played really well in that one game, couldn't get a second opportunity. And some of it's just coaching philosophy. You know, like a guy like Steve Kerr uh, is on the record saying, you know, he makes sure that guys kind of deeper in his bench get opportunities uh, throughout the course of the season um, to, to keep them engaged and kind of reward their work, even even if it's not the ultimate plan for the playoffs. Um, you know, a team like the Warriors at that juncture, of course, can kind of afford to do that because they have Stephen Curry and Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant to bail them out. But, um, you know, but certainly BJ has earned that opportunity. You know, the Magic obviously liked him enough to give him this chance. Uh, and and he performed in the one game that he really played significant minutes. Vic Law is, you know, hasn't gotten that opportunity yet at the NBA level, uh, but certainly has earned the two-way contract too. And like BJ, it's about staying ready and about staying prepared for that opportunity and learning as much as you can from being in the NBA environment until that time. Well, I mean, I think as a two-way player and a guy such as myself, I think you need to be ready every right every night and just uh, be ready for your opportunity. You know, coming in, being my rookie year, I was super excited to be called up to the Magic and have this blessing, but I take it super serious every day to be mentally and physically prepared for whatever opportunity comes. That is what the mindset of a two-way player is. That is what a two-way player has to go through. They have to kind of grind their way. They, they obviously succeed enough in the G League to get the opportunity to look in the NBA, but it is a grind to prove yourself and, and to show off enough to get that opportunity on the main roster, to get that opportunity for meaningful minutes and contribute to the team at the end of the day. These are, like everyone has said, extraordinary circumstances. The way the league is coming back, the way the league is finishing this season, is unlike anything anyone has ever prepared for or knows about. And so, yes, everyone has a part to play. Clifford said on Wednesday the Magic only had 10 available players for scrimmages, so Vic Law and B.J. Johnson played significant minutes. If, if all they have to do is, if all their opportunity they're going to get is to play those kinds of minutes, to provide something during practice, then that's where they have to show out. That's why they're there. That's what they're going to provide. And who knows? Maybe that means they will get into an 11 or 12-man rotation. Maybe that means they will find that extra opportunity uh, to play meaningful minutes, because garbage minutes are, are very different, to play meaningful minutes uh, when the season resumes. It wouldn't surprise me if they do. It wouldn't surprise me if Clifford calls on them at one point or another to try and help this team get through those seeding round games and pace themselves in a way that makes sense to him and, and, and the Magic staff that are there. It's not easy to do. 
This is not an easy balance, but everyone, and I mean everyone on the roster, is going to have a part to play. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, follow us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places on all podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at philiprr__md. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. Be sure also to check out the latest episode of Rejecting the Screen, where they go ISO with famed magic killer Gerald Henderson. He tells some great Duke stories, uh, as well as his time in the NBA as well. Check that out. Uh, rejecting the screen wherever you download podcasts today. But that's going to do it for me. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Phil Brosson Wright. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.